Welcome to Tax Bites for Expats, the top tax tips you want to know as an expat. The podcast is here to help answer the common queries and concerns expats have when moving to or from Ireland. Complex taxes explained simply. We'll focus on the Irish and international tax issues to be aware of to ensure you save time, money and stress. Hi, my name is Stephanie Wickham from expattaxes.ie. You're listening to the Tax Bites for Expats podcast, the show that explains the do's and don'ts of income taxes for people who are moving to or from Ireland. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, I hope you're all having a good week so far. This episode, we are going to talk to somebody who we've spoken to before, and the episode was really well received. And we're going to have a chat with Jessica Beale. And before we say hi to her, I want to give her an intro because she has some fantastic experience, which is really relevant to a lot of our US listeners. Um, She trained with PwC in the US as a tax advisor and transferred to PwC London before she made the move to Ireland. So she's got an eclectic background when it comes to working in different jurisdictions and specifically in the realm of US taxes. Um, She's then moved to EY in Ireland and uh, simply because being a US advisor wasn't enough. She also trained to do her Irish tax exams, which is something to be applauded. Um, now she focuses primarily on US taxes and is the founder and director of Beale Tax Consulting. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's a real pleasure to have you on. You're you're really, um, I suppose, eminent in the field of US taxes in Ireland and work with some clients that we we share and we really appreciate you coming on to speak with us. Thank you. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, so the topic today is state taxes. You know, we, we were talking briefly there before we started to record about the area of state taxes. Um, I'm sure it's something that you see your US clients have questions on. Um, give us the 101 on state taxes. It would be a relevant uh, topic to, to kind of go through today, largely because some of the, the types of clients that you and I both see um, kind of people moving in or out of Ireland from the U.S. Uh, when we, when we first start speaking with them, a lot of times it is kind of the federal tax rates and the Irish tax rates that we're looking at for any kind of planning. Um, or even on the Irish side, you're looking at residency planning and remittance basis planning. Um, and something that sometimes comes as an afterthought is, well, wait a second, what state did they come from? And the state tax implications can be quite significant. In if you consider something. Um, I suppose just as a, a very brief example, if you consider someone who, or stop me if I'm wrong here, Stephanie, if you have somebody coming into Ireland, sometimes the planning might be, um, if you're considering selling an asset or if you're considering selling stock, that you might sell it before you trigger Irish residency. Because the planning is normally to minimize your Irish tax because Ireland has such high tax rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so, so if you do sell something, you're, you're avoiding, or not avoiding, but you're planning around that 33% capital gain tax in Ireland. But if they're still resident in the US, the federal rate is, is a lot lower for longer term gains, something that's held for more than a year. So the federal rate is 20%. You also have net investment income tax to consider at 3.8%. But then what state did they come from? A lot of times the, the, the individuals we see coming over are from the high tax states, So places like California or New York, where, so California is an example that the state tax rate, if they make over a million, they can be paying up to 13% state taxes. Wow. Yeah. And it's otherwise anything below a million can be up to the 12.7% uh, tax rate. So combined, when you compare 
the California rate, the federal rate, net investment income tax, you're pretty much in par, if not over, the Irish 33% tax. Mm -hmm. So even though certain kind of planning might make sense from a federal and Irish tax perspective, the state might kind of change the outcome when you look at overall tax costs. So I thought... A lot of times, like I said, that sometimes comes in as an afterthought or at the end after looking at some of the planning alternatives, but it really should be discussed and considered as the planning is being um, discussed. Yeah. And tell me, for, for I suppose, for my own knowledge and for anybody who's interested in it, um, state taxes, um, how do they work broadly? I know each state is different, but it's a separate tax return. It's it's a payment separate. How how is How are state taxes normally paid? Is, is one question I, I would have for out of my own interest. Yeah, well, and do you know, um, that's something that's quite common for someone who is a non-resident who, or, you know, someone who maybe doesn't have any presence in the U.S., but might still have some state-sourced income. And maybe I can go into that in a bit more detail when we talk about residents versus non-residents. But the issue is, how do they pay the state tax? Because it, it does require a separate tax return that gets filed with the local tax authority in that state. Um, and as you said, every state has different laws. Um, but when you actually look at how to pay the tax, a lot of times you need to have a U.S. bank account or even a U.S. address. For, for the federal tax return, it's still quite complicated. Um, and I've run into a lot of issues recently with taxpayers um, who are non-resident there, don't have a U.S. bank account. Irish banks here no longer issue bank drafts um, in U.S. dollars which was one of the only alternatives that you could do. Um, There is a way of paying by credit card, but if the balance is quite high, there's a large fee that gets applied against that. So the only other alternative for federal purposes is a wire transfer. And even at that, Irish banks here aren't as familiar with it because it is all the the U.S. um, kind of bank details, routing numbers, et cetera, that we're not used to using here in Ireland. So it can be quite complicated, even for federal purposes, but at the state level, um, there is no way to, to wire transfer the money. And a lot of times, if you want to use a credit card, the state needs to have a, a, a U.S. address. Um, so I've had some taxpayers with no solution on how to pay. And in some cases, um, they've either had to go to a family or a friend in the U.S. who might have an account that they can pay them back. Or in some cases, I've had um, the taxpayer is a partner in a U.S. partnership and the partnership in the U.S. might be able to help pay the tax for them if they're not withholding mm-hmm. um, and then just reimburse in that sense. But it is something that's that's actually an issue and th- there's no clear solution on wow. for paying the tax. This, this happens, doesn't it? And we, we see it in from an Irish perspective as well, is that, you know, there's currently lots of changes going on in the space of like non-resident landlords and collection of taxes is that, you know, when the majority of people who pay tax to a country reside in the country and are present there and have a bank account, it all seems to work relatively smoothly. As soon as you deviate from the norm, it becomes a bit more complicated. And, and that's a really valid point you raised there is just the administrative issues that like, come up with this. Um. The scope of state taxes, you know, uh, completely acknowledge that the rules are different in each state. But, you know, broadly, is, is is there, is it easy to summarize what state taxes apply to or is that too difficult and it's granular because it's based on each state? I think there's some general ideas that you can, can go through. And um, it, obviously, like you said, every state, all 50 states have a different set of tax laws. Some conform to IRS rules, the federal rules, and some don't. 
Um, and one, one example there that might be um, kind of easy to understand from a simple um, a kind of s- simple technical terms is if you have a, a U.S. citizen that is maybe brought to Ireland for a short-term assignment, um, say they were California domiciled and resident before they left. So we're looking at California state tax rules. For federal purposes, there's something called a foreign earned income exclusion that a lot of people might be familiar with. Um, so in 2023, the exclusion is $120,000. That can be, so foreign earned income that can be excluded from federal income tax up to $120,000. Now, maybe they're also available for the SARP relief here in Ireland, do you know, if they're sent here on assignment. Um, so maybe it's not taxable in Ireland as well. But for state purposes, if they are still considered Irish resident, maybe because they're domiciled there, California doesn't follow that same exclusion for federal. So that 120000 that might not be taxable for federal purposes will still be taxable for California purposes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think the message is, is don't assume that the federal and state taxes are following the same um, fact pattern in terms of one doesn't necessarily follow the other. Exactly. The same reliefs and deductions are not always going to be the same. And like I said, some states conform to IRS rules and others don't. And and California is one of the biggest ones, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it does come down to, I mentioned a lot of terms there. I mentioned whether it's, whether you're domiciled in the state and and whether you're considered residents and resident there. Um, And the starting point, I usually, when I I go to explain this, the starting point is, is when you're looking at federal and Irish taxes, there's an income tax treaty in place. And that income tax treaty is there to try and eliminate a double tax scenario. Um, So there's reliefs and and everything provided within the treaty. But when you look at, it's actually under Article 2 of the Irish-US Income Tax Treaty, it outlines the taxes that are covered by the treaty and what's excluded from that are state taxes. So even if you can rely on the treaty for relief from a federal or an Irish perspective, again, the state taxes are still relevant. I think from an Irish perspective there, I'll just add that, yeah, I think you're you're entirely right. What we can look to do is to take a deduction for the state taxes against the income. Um, but I would generally summarise that as being um, of limited value um, from a cash perspective compared to a tax credit. So ultimately, for example, if somebody's paying 52% tax in Ireland, the benefit of the state taxes is that the tax is deducted from their income. So therefore, they're getting half of the state taxes um, as a reduction, uh, whereas a tax credit for a federal income tax perspective will usually be a one for one matching. So, for example, $52 of US tax would wipe out 52 dollars of Irish tax if you were doing a like for like comparison. So it's just not as effective. Um, but it is still there as a deduction. Um, but you're yeah, exactly. And I think that's something we've looked at before, you know, when net investment income tax comes into the same heading. Yeah, similar. Yeah, the California taxes and, and net investment income tax where you potentially get a benefit on the Irish side. But like you said, it's not a dollar for dollar, euro for euro benefit, yeah. but it's something. Exactly. Um, Better than nothing. But ultimately, you know, when you're paying federal income tax, the treaty covers it and these other taxes aren't covered by it. That, that's basically it. And then that comes as a surprise to people sometimes, doesn't it? Which kind of then, yeah. you know, brings me to my next question, which is, you know, when 
and again, this is a difficult question to ask because it feels unfair because the answer obviously varies. But, you know, when does somebody stop paying state taxes? Is that a case by case analysis? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not an easy answer, but it goes back to what I started to say about whether they're resident. And I was saying I was using the terms domicile or whether they're resident there. So, again, every state has a different set of rules to determine who is resident in the state. Most states start with, are they domiciled in the state? And that's a similar concept or, or, you know, starting point is it's the same concept that we use for Irish purposes when somebody's domiciled. It's where they intend to remain on a permanent basis. So a lot of times that's something that's hard to prove. It's the intent and, and where some of the, the connecting factors and the evidence might show where are they close, more closely tied to. But for state purposes, in addition to that, you might have a domicile because, say, you were born there and you've lived your whole life there. But some states also have what's called a bright line test, which is a, they look at a certain number of factors that... Um, would indicate if somebody would be presumed domicile or similar to a term that I think they might use in the UK, but deemed domicile in the state. And um, so an example that I've come across recently is in Ohio. So someone that has spent a significant, they call them connecting factors, which it's not necessarily uh, how many days they spent in the state, but how many connecting factors they have in the state, how much time they spent there over the, the prior few years whether they maintain a permanent home in the state, and even if, if they still have a driver's license in the state. Um, another one is, are they still registered to vote? So if you move abroad, you can have an absentee vote, but what state are they registered in? And for Ohio purposes, something as simple as keeping your driver's license under the Brightline test rules can mean that you're still considered to be Ohio domiciled. So as a domicile, you're, you're resident in the state, as a resident, you're taxable on your worldwide income in the state. Mm. Okay, so it's 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 looking at those um, those specific facts and circumstances for 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 each individual, and and yeah, I suppose that there there obviously comes a point when if if it's a, a unique situation somebody needs advice from somebody in that specific state what's your personal modus operandi you know when you get into kind of um unusual situations so then yeah the if if it's kind of a a gray area or there's a challenge of you know because if so in, in ohio that example the bright line test if you don't meet all the criteria you can't file this form to say i'm not domiciled in the state so that you're, you're considered deemed domiciled but the next step is, well, how do I argue? Because I'm breaking all my ties. I simply just have a driver's license there. And that's that's a point where you might actually need to refer to an advisor that practices in that state and is more familiar with local case law and local practice on on what you need to do to break your, break your ties. Um, although if your intent is to go back to the state, that's going to be something that's hard, hard to prove. Um, but that's where I would normally refer to someone that might be advising locally in the area more familiar with with the state rules is there a state by state interpretations of domicile or does there tend to be an overarching definition of it that applies to each state well i i would say that both there's an overall arching as a starting point but then like i was saying for ohio there's there's bright line tests so every state will have a different set of kind of bright line rules. Mm-hmm. But also there are some states that have what they call a safe harbor rule. 
um, which is to show that you're not domiciled in the state. So I've talked about California a lot, which is a really high tax state, and New York, which is also one of the other kind of top five high tax states. Both California and New York have a safe harbor that says there's slightly different rules, and, and I'm simplifying here, but it says if you spend over 548 or 546 days outside of the state in a foreign country, and you don't spend a certain number of days in the state, um, that you can be treated as a, uh, you fall under the safe harbor rule, and it says you're not domiciled for residency purposes. Okay. So there's a way of breaking that tie, but that rule doesn't apply to all the states. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> just when you think that U.S. taxes can't get any more complicated, <laughs> you add on another layer of the, the state taxes. Yeah. <laughs> but and I think that's where it can catch someone by surprise. And I mentioned Ohio earlier. I do have a client that moved from Ohio, and it it was something that came up later when you looked at it was their year of of transition moving here to Ireland. Um, and they later told me, actually, I just renewed my driver's license. Oh. Um, I still have a home there, even though I'm, I'm renting it out. So, do you know, and, and on to actually to add another layer, not to make it more complicated, but you have state taxes, but you also potentially have local and city tax on top of that. So those local and city taxes are often only relevant if you're resident in the state. But right. again, if it's a domicile state, you're still considered residency there. Even local and city have their own set of tax laws. So again, that's that's something that a local advisor would probably know more on, but it's something to be aware of. Um, one of the ones we might hear or see most often is just New York City. Mm. If somebody was resident in New York City, they have New York and New York City taxes to pay. All of a sudden, their effective tax rate in the US is, is just, it's really quite high. You know, it's not... It's, yeah, it's, well, it, we're, I still don't know if we get up to the kind of the 52% that we often refer to here in Ireland, but especially like capital gains, the example I used earlier, mm. um, you can quickly get up to 33% or more if state taxes are relevant. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I'm taking from what you're saying is it's it's this age old point that we seem to raise in nearly every episode is the value of advice. In other words, you know, sometimes know before you go is a phrase I use sometimes where it's, if you have a checklist of things, if you're planning a move, add state taxes to the list. Um, chances are your advisor, you know, whoever they are, will have some knowledge of it. And if they don't, the value of reaching out to an expert is that some of these nuances can be navigated and then the savings are, you know, they can be large because um, it's, it's, it's essentially it's it's a kind of a thorn in your side, isn't it? If if it's something you don't need to pay, most people, nobody wants to pay taxes that don't actually have to be paid. And if it's a simple action that can be taken to legitimately not pay it, then you, you should be incentivized to take that action, I, I would imagine, in most cases. You're right. And we always say that it's better to get the advice before you action anything. Um, and it is a case where I, sometimes I do talk to a lot of people after they're already here and they've already undertaken some type of planning. Um, both for U.S. and state purposes, it's always worth trying to plan ahead and speaking mm. with, with someone. And even if I don't know the answer myself, as an example, it's trying to you know, drawing within the network to see is there somebody I can refer to um, at the state level if there's further input needed. 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jessica, that's such a good rundown of, of you know, the, the, the taxes. Is there is there any key point you'd like people to take away if they're listening to this episode? Um, you know, I think you mentioned one of them there. But yeah, I'm keen to hear if there's any key point you'd have if someone asked you state taxes generally, what would your response be? Uh, well, I would, like I just said there, I'd always say take advice before you go. Learn the state rules if you're not familiar with them beforehand. If you need to break residency, there's some planning that you can undertake um, in order to break ties and, and learning what that is um, before undertaking any kind of planning or actioning anything. Um, do you know, and, and something I actually haven't addressed is kind of the if, if somebody is a non-resident I think I've run into a lot more cases of, of someone, say, that's here in Ireland that might have um, spent in the U.S. working in the U.S. or maybe they have state sourced income from like a partnership interest they might own that might have a business in the states. There's different state liabilities then where a tax return is also required. And a lot of times those things um, aren't expected. Um, especially somebody who might just go to the U.S. for maybe five working days a year, there's relief under the treaty to say you don't have any federal tax. But again, state taxes don't come within the treaty. Mm. So you do need to look at, at each state and know the rules and know the sourcing rules in that scenario to make sure that you're fully compliant um, in filing the state tax returns. And again, that then comes down to how do you pay the state taxes? Um, if, if there's an employer involved, sometimes they can help or even plan around that. But oftentimes some of the clients I talk to don't have that assistance um, and are looking at trying to speak with somebody and an advisor uh, to, to know their obligations and then to stay compliant with them. Yeah. Um, if somebody has questions on this, Jessica, what's the best way that they can reach out to you to kind of initiate a discussion? Um, because I suppose what we find is the beauty of working with somebody like yourself is you are based in Ireland, but you're qualified in US taxes. Um, tell us how somebody goes about initiating a discussion with you if they've got questions following on from what we've spoken about today or other US tax issues. Yeah, well, I, I do have a website, um, bltaxconsulting.com, uh, where there is uh, an email address on there where you can reach out to me or just emailing me directly uh, and setting up an initial introductory call. I usually like to have an initial call with someone just to find out some of their background and kind of figure out the scope of the work that might be there. And, and sometimes from that discussion, there might be issues. Usually state taxes is something I raise as part of that um, discussion to say, well, we should we should talk about this as well with whatever planning is being considered. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, looking at the advice that's needed and, and taking next steps. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I think that's been really comprehensive discussion for somebody who kind of wants the one-on-one -on, -one on state taxes, you know, if they've planning a move to Ireland, if, you know, they're already here. Um, and I think that the, the beauty of it is, is that ultimately it's something worth investigating if you're paying them <laughs> you know that's the takeaway is if you're paying them Absolutely. ask the question why do I still need to and is there action I need to take to kind of sever a link uh, that could give rise to a tax saving um thank you so much it's the second time we've had you on I always really enjoy our chats I find them really useful and insightful for you know our own clients and I know we have mutual clients who benefit from your um, expertise on a day-by-day -day basis so thank you for giving up your time we really appreciate you joining us you're very welcome. Thank you, Stephanie. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Tax Bites for Expats. 
please do leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, remember to take professional tax advice specific to your personal circumstances before acting or refraining from action in connection with the matters dealt with in this series. The material in this podcast is intended to give general guidance only.